Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the win. All right, it is another edition of the Howl. Here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel, we appreciate anyone who is listening in. And of course, if you're a Timberwolves fan, you're obviously loyal. It is not always easy to be a Timberwolves fan. I think we all can recognize that. But once again, thanks for listening in. We're going to break down all of the recent action for the Timberwolves on this edition of The Howl, as well as the Iowa Wolves. We do have a, a recent game of theirs uh, to touch on not the best game, unfortunately, for the Iowa Wolves, but this is a change for us here on the Howl this year. We actually have a lot more positive news for the Timberwolves as opposed to what we're looking at from the Iowa Wolves. So uh, we'll take that. We're going to start off with Wolves taking on the Sacramento Kings. Let's be real. The Sacramento Kings are not a good team this season. Although coming into this game, they have uh, more wins than we did. Let's see how that ends up after the fact. Holmes himself up 4-0 as switching gives two wide-open looks to the Kings. And this, to me, early on, looks like the same problem we had against the Suns and DeAndre Eaton. Now, in that instance, my understanding is that that was a game plan. That was a scheme. Maybe that's the same instance here. That I do not know. But to me, it seems like the defense for the Wolves has been so much improved this season. Things like that don't seem to be a coincidence. I think a lot of it is scheme and making the decision to give teams the the easier looks inside as opposed to the easier looks from outside. It's interesting when Tom Thibodeau was here, one of the issues that a lot of people had with the way his defense was run is it was a very old style. And for whatever reason, Tom Thibodeau seemed intent on giving teams all the shots that teams want now. So it's good to see a scheme that's doing exactly the opposite of that. We're actually putting in the work to prevent three-pointers. We're putting in the work to prevent easy shots. You know, let's 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 give up those two-pointers as opposed to giving up 
a buddy healed three-point shot or things like that. So anyways, moving on. Vando, sensational early in this game, uh, especially when it comes to rebounding the ball and, as always, on defense. Uh, D'Lo takes early in this game. He had a D'Lo shot, and that's a bad sign. <laughs> just is not a good sign, if you ask me. For anyone that is not aware of what I'm calling, I guess, or deeming a D'Lo shot, the best way to describe it for me would be it's the kind of shot you see someone take when they are taking or when an announcer says, oh, he's taking a heat check. It seems like that is what I guess I would consider a D'Lo shot, a very, very poor shot in most cases, whether it's highly contested, whether it's really, really deep. It, I, to me, it's just a poor shot. He, you know, the, the best example of this is when the Wolves are in transition, we don't have numbers, and D'Lo will stop and put up a three. There's no one in position to grab a rebound. It's just one of those shots where he just feels like, I'm just going to take this shot. I think I can make it. Well, you know what, D'Lo, this season, you can't. At least it hasn't happened so far. Cat uh, gets a foul. Watch it back. And to me, it's a tough call, to say the least. Matu creates the contact. He's trying to hold back Towns, who then pushes and hooks his arm and get, then gets called for the foul. And what I think of when I watch plays like this is I say to myself, what other superstar or what other star in the league is going to get called for this? And I can't think of a single one. We talk about it every game. It feels like I'm a broken record at some points, but it just happens to be something that I feel is important to point out. Tim Wolves and Carl Towns just do not get that same respect. Holmes fouls Ant, no call, but Ant makes it anyways, and a fantastic make. Uh, and he is looking uh, very good early on. Towns, unfortunately, gets his second foul here early, and clearly a foul. As he's over-aggressive on Fox, it's a closeout as Fox was driving, and Finch, no shock, leaves him in. Finch is a proponent of letting the game flow dictate what we're going to do with players. He does not let foul calls dictate what he's going to do with his rotations, and I think that's very fair. Uh, Beasley, or sorry, Beverly is very effective at driving, and just like that, the Wolves are now up 10-5 early in this game. Kings, though, hit a runner, and uh, not shocking, as coming into this game, they are second in the league in terms of success from runners. Vando, a great box out, gets fouled, no call, and he is pissed as it gives the Kings a fast break. On the other end, Vando gets called for a foul, and as Jim Pete said, it was acting. Another bad call. So we saw that early on in this game. Referees, just for whatever reason... Didn't want to make the calls our way. Then you have a fantastic drive. Ant, Ant does, has a fantastic drive. Misses the layup. Now, it wasn't easy, but to me, I'm watching this going, oh, I felt it should have been made. And he is so close to being dominant at the hoop. But we're still seeing him. It's one of those million-dollar move, 10-cent finish type deals. That's That's an oversimplification of what we're watching. But we're seeing him have the ability to get to the hoop, and he's so close to becoming a, like a fantastic finisher. And when he does, I, he's unstoppable. Because now you're talking about a guy that has shown the ability to hit the three, who can get to the rim at ease. I The sky is the limit for Anthony Edwards. And if you told me right now that he, in some point in his career, wins MVP, would not shock me at all. Uh, moving on from there, D'Lo just... Before this game, I talked about how I felt like the Wolves were a deal away from really figuring things out 
and kind of taking that next step. And at least early on, D'Lo has not been fixed. Bad shot selections. Uh, and honestly, overall, as a team, both teams shooting so poorly. Wolves 4 of 11 at this stage of the game. Kings 3 of 11. So it has been ugly. Now, they, you know, here's a graphic I wanted to go over that I think is kind of interesting. And this talks about the, uh, it was a, in relation to the big three, which I, I think can, can be pretty important here. And so when we look over the, let me find this thing. Wolves big three here. So if you look at scoring in the last five games, so at the Grizzlies, Towns 25, Edwards 27, Russell 30. I mean, that's that's as good as it gets. At the Warriors, you're talking 17 from Towns, 48 from Edwards, 18 from Russell. You look at the Laker game, and that was you know our most dominant game of the year. 29 from Towns, 22 from Russell, only 9 from Edwards. That's one of the interesting things is some of these games where Edwards is dominant, we haven't seen necessarily team success. Then you look at the Clippers, that is 8 for Towns, 21 for Edwards, 15 for Russell. Another game that just, you know, not great. And then you have the Suns, one of our better games, very competitive. And Towns with 35, Russell with 22, Edwards with 9. So uh, it's very interesting. Actually, kind of funny that two of those games, Russell had 22 and Edwards had 9 in the same game. I don't know. That's that's random. But regardless, uh, I, found that, um, I found that kind of interesting just to kind of go over how the big three has definitely been playing in most recent games and we're starting to see them you know really be effective but again the key is going to be those three players being effective all at once and what we're seeing from those statistics is it just doesn't happen you're either getting one or you're getting two but you don't really ever get three other than that one game against the Grizzlies I, I don't know what the answer is other than figuring out D'Angelo Russell to me in that Suns game we saw a really successful game plan on how to use Anthony Edwards and Carl Towns. Now, we have not seen that same fix for D'Angelo Russell, and I don't know what the answer is for that. I don't know how we balance his scoring with his facilitating, with his defense. It's a tough puzzle to figure out, but I'm not the guy who paid millions of dollars to figure it out. Chris Finch is, and I think he's going to be able to do it. We're close, and if he figures that out, if he finds a way to unlock D'Angelo Russell, the sky is the limit for this team. Now, over the last few games, D'Lo averages about five or six D'Lo shots a game. If we can get that down to one or two or none, you know, just take better shots. I don't think that's rocket science. But if you can fix that part of your game, that's a big step. But also, how many times have we watched this Wolves team this year and D'Angelo Russell misses wide-open shots? Like, wide-open shots, like from three, for example. There's nothing that the coaching staff can do differently there. They're getting, in the flow of the offense, a wide-open shot for a player that's supposed to be a good shooter. And we just haven't seen that. I always feel like if a team's playing really good or if a team's playing really bad, eventually, you know, the average comes back. You come back to the center. You come back to the mean. It has not happened yet. And with that in mind, you know, you look at where we are, the Wolves are in the season right now. At 6-9, and nine, there's, first of all, tons of time left. But also, you're sitting there at, a all things considered, an okay record. Can we figure out D'Lo? I think we can. And when you do, that's just going to make things that much better for the Wolves. Uh, interesting thing 
they talk about the fourth quarter usage from the Wolves this season. So the order that you look at, it's D'Lo, Ant, and Cat. And Cat is like very far down the list as far as the big three is concerned for fourth quarter usage. That can't happen. As much as a lot of people like D'Angelo Russell, as much as a lot of people like Ant, I'm sorry, but our best player is Carl Towns. He just is. In the future, is that going to be different? Is it going to be Ant? That it very well could be. I don't know the answer to that. But right now, it's Carl Anthony Towns. And you cannot have games where fourth quarter, he doesn't get touches, he doesn't get shots. And that has been a consistent problem so far this season. And the, the fourth quarter usage, usage stats show exactly that. And that, to me, is, yes, partially on Chris Finch, because you need to find a way to get your best player involved. But it's also on the team. Players can talk you know, as long as they want to about this is what I'm going to do, this is what we need to do, but until anyone, some, until someone actually does it, it doesn't matter. If you're, if you're going to say we need to get Cat the ball more, then get him the ball more. Actions speak louder than words, and until we're better at getting him the ball, think about all the good teams in this league, right? You talk about that game we just had against the Suns, and who stepped up in the fourth quarter and got shots and had the ball in their hands? They're two best players. Chris Paul and Devin Booker. It's not difficult. Every other team in the league can do it. Why can't the Wolves do it? I just, it's a weird thing to me. It's a weird concept. And hopefully, eventually, that gets changed. You know, that happens. D'Lo figures out how to shoot a basketball again. These are things that can send this team into a completely different direction. Uh, defense rebounding is already a huge problem in this game against the Kings. Uh, and part of the issue to me is Towns' foul trouble. He's afraid to foul. And so they'll body him hard, and just like that, the Kings are now on top 12-10. to 10. If you're not going to be able to play hard, there's something to be said about not being in the game. I, again, how do you balance that? How do you make that determination? I, I'm not the coach. I don't know. But it's something to consider if you're watching and the Kings are able to score easily inside. Now, granted, if you look over on the offensive side of the ball for the Wolves, if Towns is able to score and answer every single time, that softens that blow a little bit. But eventually, you have to get a stop. Because if you don't get any stops, all that confidence that the the Kings are going to have at that point, at a certain at a certain point, it's kind of like a snowball rolling down a hill in the snow, and it's just going to get bigger and bigger. Towns' double teams are still an issue. If you watch, people love to blame Towns, but just watch the other four players. No one moves. No one moves. And in this specific play that I'm referencing, luckily Towns is able to draw a foul, and then you know Towns does it again with a drive. And he gets a foul called. You can't always expect that to happen. It's, it's just one of those things where Carl Towns, we know, is not a player that gets the benefit of whistles. And so if you're his teammates, move. You can't just always expect Carl Towns to find a way to bail you out. It's just not going to work. Papev, by the way, doing it all in this game. Already with six points, but his defense, his intensity, he is a great leader on the court and on the bench. By far the best pickup, I think, this offseason for the Wolves. The Wolves now 7-7 seven of seven from the free throw line. And the Wolves have been working the offensive glass. Jaden gets a 3, and the Wolves are up 20-16, an 8-0 run. But to me, the Wolves are lucky because they have had so many bad turnovers, and the Kings just could not take advantage of that. This has been a problem so far this season. Really sloppy with the basketball. Just for whatever reason not caring when I coach I know I've talked about this before on shows but when I coached uh, high school age basketball one of the things that we would do in practice is when we scrimmaged 
if you turned the ball over, you sat, and someone else would come in. And so, as a coach, then um, you know, I, I, at, at times, depending on which team, I did have assistant coaches, and we would what well, the way we would work it is that if you turn the ball over, then you have to come out. And it wasn't meant to get you scared of turning the ball over. I've had some people say that they think that's what could happen there. To me, what it is is it just it helps instill you how just how important it is to hold on to the basketball. So it's not necessarily about the punishment. It's more about getting it getting you to understand when you're sitting think about this when you're sitting on the bench and you you're not able to go back into the game until someone else turns the ball over. You're watching the game a lot more. And once one guy goes out, this is what we've seen. Uh, this is what I saw as a coach is, you know, once one guy goes out and you see that guy on the sidelines, eventually you just don't see a lot of turnovers because everyone is more aware of this. And of course, you know, we're not going to, when I'm coaching, I'm not going to keep this guy out forever. You know, the idea is, oh, you're not going to come back in until someone else turns it over. You're a little flexible there, I think, or at least I was. And it worked out, you know, we won multiple championships. And to me, taking care of the basketball is such a basic thing. Rebounding the basketball, so boxing out, such a basic thing. These are parts of the Wolves game that right now are definitely a bit of a kryptonite. It has to be fixed. I think Chris Finch is the guy to do it, though. So the good news is we got the right guy. Uh, interesting here, Torian Prince comes in. He had not been playing recently. And my first thought is, yuck, or ugh, I just... It's been frustrating watching Torian Prince play. But does Finch maybe know better than me? He's around the team, right? He's the guy that's there. Moving on, um, Nas Reed, he gets lost on defense. And that's a common problem. Gives the Kings a rebound and then the foul. Massive. Anyone that watched this game can vouch for the fact that there were massive rebounding issues in this game. And the Kings, or this is early. We're still in the first quarter. They already have eight offensive rebounds. And to me, that's pathetic. It is absolutely a large part due to effort. Effort and rebounding go hand in hand. An interesting play happened at the end of the first quarter, and it was um, Davion Mitchell takes a long three, and he had a Beasley miss. And what I'm calling a Beasley miss is one of those shots that goes over the rim and misses everything because Beasley did it recently, and I feel like I had never really seen that before. And I see Davion Mitchell do it too, like in the very next game. So it's something I feel like I got to watch for more. I, I don't know. Maybe it's something I just wasn't aware of, but man, that is bad. I don't know what to say. But luckily, it misses, and 22 uh, 18 is the score. Wolves up after one. Wolves start the second in a zone, and to me, and it was an immediate failure. And the biggest thing for me. Obviously, if you're running a zone, what you're doing is you're basically daring the other team to make jump shots. But the other problem is you have to actually be able to hustle. You have to scramble, something the Wolves weren't doing in this game. They didn't seem to have that energy that you needed. And so, unfortunately, it was a fail. Uh, so far in this game, by the way, three D-low shots that are misses, of course. I'll say this. When you look at every game, let's say it's around five or six, which I believe is the average recently. That's... That's just accounting for misses. Sure, there's some games where he has some D-low shots, quote-unquote, where he makes them, but I'm only keeping track of the misses just to kind of get an idea of, you know, what are we looking at here? How many bad shots does he take? So, anyways, something to consider. Kings at this point, nine turnovers, and the Wolves are only up two points. That is awful. And we're seeing 
some of the same issues that we saw against the Suns. It's great that you can turn the, turn the other team over, but if you're not able to take advantage of it, it just doesn't do much for you. It's very frustrating. Uh, there was a, a pretty interesting graphic that I saw that I think is worth noting, and that is talking about it's the recent, let's see, so it's a recent streak, and that is, a, so for the Wolves, 26 consecutive games with double-digit second-chance points. They had had that. Now, 26 consecutive games. That was that was a active streak. The longest currently, now that we lost ours, because we just lost it on Monday in the game against the Suns, the active streak now is seven. Seven games. That's how good the Wolves had been in terms of second-chance points. I just think that's incredibly impressive. When you watch that, that's a, I mean, that's exactly what you want to see. So... Moving on, you know, I'm watching this early, and we touched earlier on Prince is playing. And at least when he first started, what comes to mind for me is, man, Prince, he just is struggling so much. And it's frustrating because you gave up a player in Ricky Rubio who, first of all, Ant was a big fan of. They were good friends. Ant, Ant felt, at least it seemed to me, that he thought of Ricky Rubio as basically a mentor. So to get rid of him and to bring in a guy like Prince, you were expecting things out of Prince that you just have not gotten yet. I was not expecting him to be a world beater, but to say that I thought he'd be a solid role player, I think that was like bare minimum, and we're not getting that. It's really unfortunate. Uh, Kings want this game more. That's how I felt in that first half. The Wolves completely lazy on the defensive glass. So incre- so incredibly uh, frustrating to watch this one. Both teams just two makes from three so far in the game. That is unacceptable, and that is ugly basketball. Now, up to four D'Lo shot misses in that second quarter, so uh, that number is really starting to take off. So I was surprised that when this game ended, we didn't have more of those. Uh, four of them already, though, in the first third of the, uh, or sorry, I guess I would say probably the three-fourths of the first half. Uh, Edwards has nothing at this point, although... You know, he complains as he gets stripped on a drive, but it wasn't a foul. They showed the replay. It's it just wasn't. But very similarly or very similar play after that, Edwards is able to get a dunk off the alley oop. And I watch this and I say to myself, is that gonna be the play that gets him going? Is that gonna be the play that gets the wolves going? Alley oops, energize, blocks, big stops. There's things in basketball games that just get your team energized. The wolves need to use things like this as a springboard for success. Uh, great in the bench. As I watch this game, Nas, solid stint offensively, but rebounding was a problem. Beasley basically did nothing. And Jaden, this was the key, no fouls up to this point. If Jaden figures out the foul problems, it is a game changer. Absolute game changer. And one thing I'll say, one thing we've noticed uh, from Wolves players, something about the headband, man. I don't know what it is, but the headband seems to instill some sort of a confidence in some of these guys, as, as we saw uh, in the next game that we talk about with the Wolves. Kings, though, building a lead. It is 37-32 with four minutes to go in that first half. And we talked about how bad the Wolves were at rebounding in this game. Right now, with four to go, it's a 29-14 to 14 glass advantage. I mean, let that sink in. So incredibly frustrating. It's one of those things that you just you just shake your head at, ultimately. I think for the most part, you could say this about the whole season. But the guys that you consistently are getting so far in this game are definitely Pat Evan Towns. Not a lot of other guys have really come to the party, unfortunately. And here's what sucks. 
you're losing, and Buddy Heald has one basket. We talk about returning to the mean. When is Buddy Heald going to show up, right? It's, it's just not something you think you're going to get, a game where Buddy Heald just doesn't show up. So now we're talking about the Kings are beating you, and one of their best players hasn't done anything. How are you planning on winning that basketball game? Something has to change. In this first half, it's interesting because I'm watching, and when Edwards shoots, every single time I felt like it wouldn't go in. There just didn't seem to be a confidence there on that jump shot, and it just didn't look good. Starters 0 for 9 from 3, and this is deep into the second quarter at this point. One thing I will say, uh, I disagreed with Jim Pete. There was a, a play where they called um, they called a foul. To me, I thought it was absolutely a block. And, you know, the ball agrees. Uh, unfortunately, though, it was Towns' third foul. So a little frustrating there, but not surprising as we're used to as Wolves fans. Um, Malik Beasley, though, wide open three and no arc. And again, it was ugly. He is, they went over this stat, he is 6 of 34 from three over this last stretch. 6 of 34. I mean, that's just not getting the job done. I don't know how you expect to be successful and win games if Malik Beasley cannot consistently give you solid minutes off the bench. Make shots. That has to happen. And what's what's unfortunate, too, is you felt like you had started to see a turn just in terms of his form. He wasn't making a lot of shots recently, but at least you had been seeing arc. Now the arc's gone again, so I just don't I don't know what to say about that. I don't know if he's working through some things, and I hope that he is. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe he's saying to himself, i got to get on track. i got to work through this slump. i got to keep shooting, which he should. When he, If he's getting minutes, he has to shoot. He absolutely has to. We've talked about this with D'Angelo Russell, but it's important that a player has a shooting gravity. And Malik Beasley has that. D'Angelo Russell has that. And neither of those players are shooting all that well. Keep shooting. To me, your shots are going to go in eventually. We know Malik Beasley's a good shooter. We know D'Angelo Russell's a good shooter. So those guys just have to find a way to work through their issues. Wolves go real small, and that's because of foul trouble. So with 140 to go, we're talking Beasley, Beverly, Edwards, D'Lo, and Nas. Wolves, overall, 2 of 17 from 3. Meanwhile, the Kings have really started to catch fire. Now 6 of 21. Fox travels, no call, and unfortunately, Reed ends up hurting his foot. And with that, it is 47-42, and the Wolves are down, and it's all bad. But Edwards drives, dunks, and bottle it up. Grab that momentum and bring it into the second half. That's what you're asking for. That's what you're hoping for. What's key here is so the first half ends... Wolves, to me, couldn't be playing any worse, and they're only down four points. And what that tells me is just how bad the Kings are. Now, after this game, Edwards talked about this, but apparently at at halftime, it was ugly. Chris Finch was very angry, and it's something you just do not see. At least according to Anthony, Anthony Edwards, that is just not who Chris Finch is, and he was not pleased, to say the least. And that should tell you a lot about things. Jim Pete, looking into that second half, talks about it's important to have that defensive energy still. And they go over, I always like this, they talk about the, I guess the bet, they call it the stats made easy, which I always think is pretty good. And I think it tells a story of which team is playing well, where are you at as a franchise or as a team. That's kind of, kind of what I like to look at. And so stats made easy, effective field goal percentage, 40.5 for the Wolves, 30, just under 39 for the Kings. Points off turnovers, 11 for the Wolves, 8 for the Kings. Second chance points, 16 for the Kings, and just 9 for the Wolves. I mean, not great. And we talked about how they just, 
just had that issue against the Suns, and we're seeing that a little bit. Although, I mean, nine's not bad, but 16, that's a seven-point swing right there. And then free throws, 10 of 11, 10 of 14 for the Kings. So the Wolves have done a pretty good job at some of those important stats, and yet they're still down. Buddy Heald hasn't done anything yet. It's just a weird, it's just a weird wonky game. Uh, second half starts up, though. Towns single-handedly gets the Wolves on top as he has seven in the third, and it's 51-50, to 50, just like that. Wolves finally rebounding, too. We definitely saw some sort of a change in that second half in the first half, and maybe that's Finch. Maybe Finch got under their skin and pushed the limits, and here we are, making some changes. Vando already out with four fouls. This has been a troubling thing. We talk about it every game. I'm looking forward to a game where it ends, and I can say to myself, oh, it's nice not to be in foul trouble. It's one thing if it's a non-power forward, but we just don't have the depth there. And so you're talking about Jaden McDaniels, who ends up being forced to play the four uh, in many situations because of our lack of depth. And then you have Vando. Add in Nas Reed and Towns. Kind of, they have that little bit of a duel, too. But, man, I just want a game to end and say, all right, it's nice to see that we don't have foul trouble. Dilo and Jaden with back-to-back threes. But Jaden's gets called a two, and I watched the scoreboard. I don't recall this ever getting changed, but to me it looked really close. Maybe it got reviewed, and they were able to determine that it was that it was actually a two, but it sure looked good to me. Uh, I'm interested into what happened there. And, of course, Valley Sports, again, not giving us replays. And, actually, they didn't even talk about it. So Jim Pete calls it a three-pointer, and they never addressed the fact that it wasn't actually called a three-pointer. The referee called it a two, plain as day. So I found that kind of weird. And, and part of that, too, is maybe Jim Pete was like me. It looked obviously like a three-pointer, so I don't know. Uh, Towns, flashy passing in this game. And I should put flashy in quotations because they were just attempts at flashy passes, and really all they were was turnovers. And here we are in the third quarter, and Towns already has five turnovers. It was an issue against the Suns as well. Just make make passes. Don't complicate things. There's no reason to throw some of these passes that Towns is throwing. And to be fair, he's throwing them right to the other team. Uh, just incredibly, incredibly killing when it comes to uh, the Wolves. When when things like this happen, shooting themselves in the foot is a common problem. Uh, Wolves, though, biggest lead of the game was six. Buddy Heald is one of ten shooting so far. I keep saying, how are you going to keep Buddy Heald down? Eventually, he's going to come to the party. D'Lo now, at this point in the third quarter, he has now had five D'Lo misses in this game. So, we're talking about he's already up that at that average right now. What's he going to end with? At this point, I was like, ooh, this he's already at five. He's probably going to have seven to nine of these when it's done. Beverly takes a seat with 14 points. He At this stage, he's five of ten from the field, four boards, and five assists. Where would this team be without Patrick Beverly? He has been a lifesaver just in terms of his leadership, just in terms of what he brings on the defensive end. Add in, you know, if it wasn't for Towns, if, if it wasn't Towns, I should say, I think any other player doing the stupid things that Towns was doing in this game would have been benched. The passes he made were, were mind-blowing. What are you doing? They're, value the basketball, and the Wolves, especially Towns, did not do that even remotely. Uh, he had a really stupid pass, uh, stupid pass, leads it to a fast break, and then Beasley fouls, and this goes back to the idea, if you're going to foul someone in a fast break... You better follow them. Make sure they're not going to make that shot. But unfortunately, Beasley just kind of slaps at them, and here we are. And just like that, the Kings are back within four, 440 to go in the third. Towns ends up getting fouled, and 
uh, it was called after he picked up the ball. So my question, of course, was why is it not continuation? And on plays like this where I talk about why was it not this, I go back and I watch the play, and to me, it's, it's clear as day. He picks his dribble up, and then the foul's called. So I don't know if he just if the ref just forgot to blow his whistle, but to me, if you blow the whistle and the ball's been picked up and the player scores, that's continuation. I don't understand why this is, isn't more cut and dry. Prince is in again, and of course, my first thought is, what are you doing? I didn't think Prince was very good in that first half, so it was a little frustrating. Towns, though, a massive dunk. And just like Edwards dunk in that first half, can the Wolves use this as some sort of a springboard into momentum? And then I'll give him credit. Prince makes a great play. Wow. Like, if you're going to get Prince going in some facet, whether it's – hey, here's the deal. People think of him as like a 3 and D player. If you could even just get one of those, make if he was just a D player or if he was just a three-point maker, I would take either of those things. But we're not getting either consistently. Is he able to get on track? And in this game, it sure seemed like he was figuring something out. And maybe, maybe Finch is right. Maybe Finch has, has found something. Unfortunately, the player that definitely has not found anything and should not be playing, J-Mac enters, enters the game at this point. And when he came in, I just got angry because I'm watching this. And here's what J-Mac does. J-Mac hits Prince for a three. And as I'm watching this game, I'm so upset when J-Mac comes in. And that's the first play. And on this show... And on social media, I talk about how J-Mac and Prince, to me, haven't earned minutes. So it almost felt like that that play was directed at me. You know, J-Mac assist, B's, or, um, Prince hits that three, and, and short of pointing at me through the screen, it sure felt like it was directed at me to see uh, that type of play. A buddy heel, though, starts to catch fire, and the Wolves are up only three. But it should have been a foul on the screen. So there's a clearly illegal screen and no call, and ends up leading to a wide-open Buddy Heald 3, and he starts to catch fire at that point. Just, again, super frustrating. I don't think it's that hard to call offensive fouls, but I'll say this. I've even played in leagues where offensive fouls, offensive fouls on screens aren't called. Even when I coached, same thing. So I don't know if it's if there's maybe just referees don't like making that call. I don't know if it's inconsistent teaching with what is or is not an illegal screen, because it does seem like game-to-game the same plays don't result in fouls as they do in other games. So I don't, I don't really know what the issue is there. With a minute to go, though, the Wolves are up six. And then Beasley with another Beasley miss. That shot where he somehow misses everything goes over the hoop. It's it's just such a goofy thing. And we're starting to see it more and more now. I, I just don't get it. Wolves, though, up seven. Towns gets his first rest. And we just can't afford to have him sit, sadly. There's 40 seconds to go in the third. That's where they end up pulling him. And watching this game, it's him and Beverly. And with those guys out of the game, I have legit concerns. 18 second chance points already for the Kings. But 77-72, the Wolves are up after three quarters. Interesting one-point game. And healed uh, second chance threes start to really take over this game. He is on fire, absolutely on fire. Five straight makes from three and 24 second-chance points for the Kings. Unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. Now, a lot of that damage was done in the first half, but now we're up to 24. A decent amount of that was still done in the second half. This is problematic. Townsend D'Lo back in, and, and this is kind of interesting. It's uh, Towns is plus 12 in this game. D'Lo is a minus 12. Kind of flies in the face of what we've seen more so. More often than not, Dilo has been a positive, even in games where he hasn't played well. So 
uh, just something to kind of keep in mind uh, going forward. And actually, one thing I want I'm really looking forward to is um, Jack Borman with Canis Hoopus is uh, actually going to be doing a piece or he's writing, written a piece. I believe it just hasn't been posted, at least as of when I'm recording this. But something to watch for. I'm very intrigued as he's going to talk about D'Lo and how he's been able to improve defensively and the kind of impact he's been able to have so far this season on the court. Huge Edwards three-make in the early parts of that fourth quarter, but he's just one of five overall, and the team is 7 of 28, 25%. Ugh, that is rough. Next play, he throws it away. And we've noticed that being a common problem is that Edwards Edwards has, this. I'm going to say this, this is not supposed to be mean, he has a tiny bit of Josh Akogi in him or a tiny bit of like Alexi Shved, where sometimes he gets ahead of himself and he doesn't have his next step figured out. Nine times out of ten, or even nine and a half times out of ten, it's not an issue. But every so often that's been a problem. The other issue, too, is he gets the ball knocked out of his hands a lot. He gets stripped a lot. Those are little things, right? It, when it comes to his overall game, Anthony Edwards is, is so incredibly impressive. And we're and I'm nitpicking. I admit that I'm nitpicking. But it's something that needs to be looked at, I think. Maybe he needs to watch film. I don't know. But even Jim Pete brought it up uh, this week in one of the games. D'Lo gets his sixth D'Lo miss, but Wolves get the offensive rebound and hits a three, and the Wolves are now up four with 7.18 to go in the fourth. Metu basically chops D'Lo in the throat to get separation, no call, ends up getting an easy two. I was very surprised that neither Jim Pete or Dave Benz discussed this at all. It, it, they didn't even mention it, which was kind of weird to me because it was to me it was very obvious. I mean, he basically just gets karate chopped in the throat yeah, that's one way to get separation, especially if the refs aren't going to call it. Just do that every play. It's a no-brainer if you ask me. Edwards, though, we talked about it earlier. He gets a million-dollar move, and this time the wide-open finish, which definitely he was not going to miss. And he has had moments. This is something I've, I, I've, I've seen in other games, too. Every so often there's games where he has moments, but he doesn't have a complete game. This felt like one of them, except for one thing. When this game ended, you said to yourself, you know what? Edwards didn't have maybe the best overall game, but man, those moments were what won you that game. And we'll, and we'll go over that. We'll go over that now. D'Lo gets fouled trying to rub off a screen, and and he can't believe the no call. And it's very frustrating to me because whether it's Vando earlier, whether it's D'Lo now, these are guys that don't necessarily complain. You don't really see a lot of complaining from D'Angelo Russell or from Vando. And so to me, when they complain, that's when you know there's some serious issues. That's when you know that there's some sort of a problem. Edwards is just absolutely taking over late in this game. Another three. Can the Wolves finally get a stop? That's been the concern here. It's great that you're able to score, but you can't ever stop anybody, so you can't get a run going. You can't build any sort of momentum. Up just five with just over five minutes to go. And the answer is no, as the Kings score on their sixth straight possession. So six straight makes for the Kings from the field. So even though Anthony Edwards is starting to take over, we can't get a stop. So it's tough to build any momentum. D'Lo still offering nothing in this game as he misses a three. And I'll say this, I love Edwards not taking a heat check three, but I found myself saying I would probably rather have had an Edwards heat check three at this point over D'Lo because D'Lo just did not have it. Edwards bringing it on defense too gets a fantastic block. And then we had a, an interesting big three graphic. So we're, there's 419 to go in this game when they actually showed this. And I felt this was pretty interesting and definitely worth a look. So 
when you talk about the the big three here, let me find that actual stat. So Carl Anthony Towns, 20 points, 8 of 11 and 4 boards. Anthony Edwards, 23 points, 10 of 21, 5 rebounds. And then D'Angelo Russell, 11 points. That's not going to get the job done. But 4 boards and 7 assists, you'll take that. If you To put this into perspective, if you averaged 7 assists a game as a point guard in the NBA, you'd be top 10. So just let that sink in. How that If you could get 7 assists every night from D'Angelo Russell... You'd be very pleased. I believe on the season he's just over five. I want to say he's a little like between five and five and a half. I think, right in there somewhere on the season. So that's kind of where the Wolves were at at this point. Uh, moving on from there, and uh, Edwards, he's been fantastic in this fourth quarter. And we talked about the big three overall, but Towns definitely was not a big part of this. And we talked about his usage in the fourth quarter. You know, it's still a problem in this game. Papev, there was this really weird play where they went to review. And uh, so Papev sort of did like a fake. Halliburton jumped to to block the pass. And then Papev jumped into him. They called it a common foul. Papev ended up getting kind of hit in the head. I was a little worried watching this that given the way that Papev made the fake and then threw, kind of threw his body into Halliburton, I was, all, I was worried that they were going to reverse the call in some way. They called it a common foul, which I think was the for sure the right call. Even though Papev got hit in the head, he's the one that created the contact. So to me, this is another example of the refs doing a really good job. Barnes, you know, coming into this game, averaged 21-8. and eight, And we have kind of kept him in check all night up till late in the fourth quarter. And how about this? No second, no second half points for, for Barnes and only 9-4 and four overall. So for most of this game, you were able to keep him in check. Now, he did go on a little bit of a run towards the end and was able to get some rebounds, definitely add to his statistics. But overall, I felt like they did a pretty good job against a player that's played really well. Edwards has Holmes on him, and you know he could kind of take him to the hoop, it seems like, no problem, but dribbles him off, and then he hits the stack, step back three. Absolutely unreal basket. Wolves are now up eight, and... You know, call it what it is. Edwards is up eight. He has dominated that fourth quarter. 26 overall and 16 in the fourth quarter alone. Four of five from three in the second half. And now there's 225 to go, and you've got that nice eight-point lead. Now, Finch, you know, they talked about this, how the goal is to force Buddy Heald to go to his right. Because when you go to his left, when he goes to his left, it sets up the three so well. This is very, very good game planning. You love seeing this. Townsend's getting called for his fourth foul, and he is not happy. And, you know, if it wasn't a foul, to me it's a travel, but they do call the foul. And what does Bally Sports do? No replay. Uh, <laughs> this just continues to frustrate me. Antho gets a wide-open three, just can't hit it, and it's just a six-point game with the Kings ball, 132 to go. But the Wolves, to me, you have to get a stop and not send Barnes to the line for a third straight time because we had been fouling him. He's getting to the line. Those are easy baskets, and it keeps time on the clock, which is really frustrating. And when I'm watching this, I'm saying to myself, was this a Jim Pete jinx? Because on the telecast, he talked about how we had held Harrison Barnes in check, and it seemed like ever since then, Harrison Barnes was just able to do whatever he wanted. Four fouls on Holmes, and as he fouls off, and the Kings miss. So the Kings get a miss, and he ends up fouling, uh, and he fouls D'Lo, uh, free throws makes them both, and the Wolves are up eight with 122 to go. Wolves are able to get a nice stop and up eight with the ball now. You really felt like this game was probably over there. 
Uh, Patrick Beverly, wide open miss from three. The Kings score very quick. And so now it's 41 seconds, and we're up just six. Wolves take up time, and then Cat cuts and up eight again after the dunk. And then how about this? Edwards to Jaden for the dunk. He's fouled, and this game is over. That is all she wrote. Not a good game. And for 90% of this game, I felt like this game was unwatchable. And I, I'm sure I'm not the only person that thought that, but that is definitely how I felt. Uh, just uh, one of those things where you, you wish things could have been better, and they, and they just weren't. Just, just not much else you can do. Some interesting quotes after the game. Anthony Edwards, uh, what I do in the first and third quarter, it doesn't even matter to me. In the fourth quarter, I feel like I've got a switch that turns out, and I feel like I'm trying to make every shot that he takes. So that's pretty much what happens. Edwards then said that Beverly told him after the game, whatever you did after the Laker game, don't do that tonight. Get on the video game, call up your teammates, play Call of Duty until you get sleepy, then go to bed because they have a back-to-back. So kind of interesting. And I thought I saw this from Jace Frederick, and I thought this was pretty funny. For everyone hasn't that hasn't heard this line, so it was in the NCAA, it was after the tournament game, and they were asking Torian Prince, this is when he was when he was at Baylor. They're asking him about rebounds, and uh, he actually goes into like the definition of what a rebound is. If you have not seen that clip, it's absolutely hilarious. And as Jay says, I quote unquote hope Torian Prince gave the halftime speech. Whoever gave the halftime speech, obviously we know Prince could have could have done something like this, but we know that Finch was very upset, and I'm sure that was a big reason why the Wolves were able to get things into check uh, going to the uh, second half as far as rebounding. Final score in this game was 107 to 97. So you'll take the 10 point victory. Definitely not your best game. And for a large part of this game, it was not very watchable. But you'll take, you know, Edwards 26 points, five boards, 22 for Towns with uh, six boards and four assists. And then you talk about Patrick Beverly 14, six and seven. And then Russell 17, four and seven. So you're getting good productivity out of your starters. Jared Vanderbilt, <laughs> you're never going to expect Jared Vanderbilt to be the guy on offense or even the second, third, or fourth guy, and he showed that in this game, but he was still very effective. Only four points, but he only took one shot, seven rebounds. If you watch the Wolves, Jared Vanderbilt makes a positive impact every single game, one of the most important players on the team, and he doesn't need to score to do it. Again, your final score, 107-97. to And now we jump into uh, the same night, and we're going to touch on Iowa taking on Grand Rapids, and I'll I'll preface this by saying this game was a little rough to watch as well. Not a great night to be a Wolves fan. Let's just say that. Uh, early on, 7-2, to two, the Iowa are down against Grand Rapids. This is the second game. They had played them recently, played them very well, and were able to get the win. So down 7-2 early is Iowa. They look sloppy on offense. And to me, Grand Rapids was just very aggressive on defense. And so those two things together, and Grand Rapids was definitely playing the part of the better team. Silva in this one, two quick fouls, and he is absolutely struggling. We saw it in the last Grand Rapids game. It felt like Silva kind of took a step in the right direction. I have not been a fan of his early on, and in this game, it just seemed like it was going back to the mean. I was not very impressed, and he struggled a bit. Grand Rapids allowed to travel on two straight possessions. One of those things where you're, you're definitely frustrated, and as a team that early on in this game was struggling... All that stuff just kind of compounds. Bowen, though, for the Wolves, feeling it from three, and he's able to get two straight makes. And if I recall, both of those shots were actually from the corner. Bowen's 
an interesting player because in many games, his biggest impact isn't scoring, it's offense or it's rebounding. And so when he's able to add in other stuff too, like being effective offensively, makes a big difference. Bomaro, a very cold start to this game, just cannot make a shot. And that's two straight games now because the first game against Grand Rapids, same problem. You got a very cold Bomaro to start. 21 to 10. And Grand Rapids is night and day what we saw last game. At the end of it, I should say. Because slow start for the Iowa Wolves is the exact same thing they did in game number one. Miller, though, able to hit a three. And you know what would be great is if he could consistently do that. We have not seen him consistently be a shooter. And I don't know what it's going to take for that to change. Because when I watch him shoot, I don't have a lot of confidence in that shot. So I can only imagine... Isaiah Miller, and what kind of confidence he has. Uh, Ben Levy, though, another game and another three-pointer. I love what I've been able to see from uh, Ben Levy, and it's uh, 23-16, to under four to go in the first. Wolves are starting to look a little better, kind of getting themselves uh, off to a, a good ending, maybe get some momentum going into that second quarter. Now it's a two-point game as Iowa looks like a completely different team all of a sudden, and they are doing it without Bomaro, which is huge. So we talk about how in that Kings game, you know, you're losing to the Kings and you haven't had Buddy Heald come to the party. So now you're talking about here's the Wolves who are in this game, only down two points, and Bomaro hasn't even done anything. To me, that's a win. So if Bomaro joins the party, how, how good could this team be at this point? Wright gets a three, and the Wolves have the lead 26-25 to 25 with 122 to go in the first. And it's all Wolves right now. Hopefully, at this point, I'm saying if we can end this first quarter with the momentum, that's huge, and this could be how this game turns around. Tough charge take by Wright, and this team is firing on all cylinders, now up 30-25, to 25, and it's 30-27, to 27, Wolves ahead after one. Uh, Samson takes and misses a super deep three. Announcer says he's the kind of guy that can get it going, and I had to laugh at myself, or I had to laugh when I heard that. I was, I was thinking, when? When is, when is he the kind of guy that's going to show that he can do that? Because we haven't seen that in any game this season. I just I don't get that guy. I, I'm sorry, Samson, but I need to see more from you considering you're getting decent minutes every single game. And I'll say this. I didn't know this was allowed, but a Grand Rapids player basically climbs on top of Bowen, who was boxing him out, pushes him in the back for leverage, and he gets a score, and none of it was called. It was one of the strangest, strangest things. If you end up wa- if for some reason you watch back this game, watch for that in the second quarter, it just... It was one of those moments that you just have to laugh at because it's so, it's so absurd. A back-and-forth stretch, both teams scoring at will, but Iowa is up one, and Bomaro and Wright are waiting to check back in. So here's sitting here saying, all right, we had some good momentum. We've been able to get some, some good play in this second quarter. Now can we make a run now that our two best players are coming back in the game? Miller hits another three. He has 10 points already, and the Wolves are up four with seven to go in the first half. And it, at least... What we're seeing in the first half, it sure was starting to look like Lewis was going to be able to have one of his hot games as he also hits another three, and he's able to push the lead up to seven. Out of a timeout, though, unfortunately, it is all Grand Rapids, and the game is tied at 49. The Rapids are hitting threes, getting inside drives. They are doing it all during this offensive run that they've, they've really been successful at. Matt Ryan, though, gets a wide-open look, and you know he won't miss. It's now a 12-2 run. Iowa calls timeout down three. This Matt Ryan, I'm not going compl- to say that I'm really familiar with him, but it was very apparent in this game, and they talked about it during the telecast. You cannot leave him open. He is going to make, he's going to punish you. And he did it time and time again in this game. It was unfortunate, to say the least. Miller, though, able to get 
you know, going at, at different stretches in this game. But here's what here's what hurt the Wolves. So the Rapids were playing very, very fast and very aggressive. And for some reason, Iowa just couldn't withstand that pressure. And all of a sudden, it's an eight-point game. Wolves are down eight. And Matt Ryan, another three with four to go in the first half. Miller up to 12. And finally, the run is over. Wolves down 10, though, with 2.23 to go in the half. You know, that first half, Miller dominated. And without him, this would be even uglier than it already is. And it's 66-57, to 57, Rapids up at half. And it felt like we were very fortunate to be down by just nine. Uh, going over, there was an interesting photo they talked about, just going over the stats of this uh, Iowa game here. Let me bring that up real quickly here. And it was, so you're looking at kind of how the game went. 44% from three for the gold, 40% for the Wolves, 53% uh, overall, and 45%. So the gold are dominating in terms of shooting. 15 assists to 12, gold winning that one. Turnovers, 6 to 5. So the Wolves actually uh, had more turnovers, too. I guess they're technically winning that, right? More turnovers. And then uh, points off turnovers, 5 to 3. That part really wasn't a big deal. So uh, kind of interesting, to say the least. Uh, in that second half, then, Lance is yelling at officials for a really long time after he gets called for what was a clear offensive foul. It was, it was, it was just one of those things where uh, Lance being Lance, I guess. Uh, unfortunately, in that second half, the Rapids were able to push the lead to 15. And then they didn't stop there as they were able to get that lead up to 23 with five to go. And to me, it felt like this one was over. I, you know, I kept watching. With, you know, I kind of felt, I said to myself, you just never know, right, what, what's going to be able to happen. It always seemed like Iowa is a team that's able to fight back. But uh, watching the rest of the game, I don't really feel like breaking much else down as let's just call it what it was, a bit of a train whack. And not really anything to like about this game. Final score. So, Bomaro was, he finished this game 1 for 11. I mean, that's that's not going to get the job done. It was nice to see Isaiah Miller get a double-double. We'll take that. And, it, you know, the Wolves ended up losing by only 11. So, it could have been a lot worse. But, to me, the game wasn't as close as the score dictated. I think that's the best way to look at it. 121-110 was your final again in this one. Uh, taking a look at the box score here, and you know who are the guys that really stepped up? Well, Nick Stauskas was was really really good for them. Twenty nine points. Uh, uh, can't say enough about him. He was able to get a lot of good shots off in this game. So credit credit the gold and credit Nick Stauskas for being able to have a pretty successful game. I wanted to go over the other statistics here, but for whatever reason, the the website is having nothing but problems. So I'm on the G League website, and for whatever reason, it just it doesn't want to do it. So ultimately, though, the Wolves just did not have it in this game. But you had you had some players that really stepped up. It just was not able to get done. And I think this points out what we talked about. Bomaro is by far their best, their best and their most important player. And when he doesn't have it, it makes for a tough outing. So moving on now to the last game that we're going to touch on here, and that is that Wolves game that they took on the Spurs and definitely... You know, if you're a Wolves fan, it's one of the best wins and one of the best starts. There's just so many things to like about this game that uh, this one's going to be a lot of fun to break down. I think uh, as a Wolves fan, there's lots to like. Uh, I found this interesting. So Carl Towns and his three-point shooting, uh, overall 45%, uh, and that is a minimum of five attempts per game. He is fifth in the league. He is number one above the break. Again, these are all all minimum uh, five points a game. 
or five attempts a game. So above the break, he is first in the league at 46.5%, so almost 47%. 46% catch and shoot. That's number two in the league. Pull up, he's number nine, and that's minimum 15 attempts. So the the first three are attempts per game. Pull up is just attempts in general, uh, and that's 15. So he's ninth there at 44.4%. And then wide open, he's 45%. Number seven in the league, minimum three attempts per game. So very impressive there. Another thing that's interesting when you look at the Wolves and their defense, so opponent three-point percentage under 30%. Who has had the most games in the league that have been able to hold their opponents like that? And that's the Wolves at eight. And then behind them, there's four teams, Nets, Bucks, Jazz, and Wizards that are at seven. But that's some pretty good company. Those are some of the better teams in the league this season. So you're definitely you're definitely pleased at the way you're, you've been able to defend the three-pointer. And here's an interesting t- statistic, too. Under Chris Finch, Second game of back-to-backs, the Wolves are 3-8. and eight. Very small sample size, but still a 27% win percentage. The entire NBA in that same, in that same like, I guess that same uh, time frame, 169 and 195, 46%. So Chris Finch has definitely not been as successful, but at the same time, it's a much, much smaller sample size. So these are all things just to keep in mind when you... I think it's important to understand that every single every single team has a statistic or two that they're going to be there's going to be some uh, uh, there's going to be some outliers or there's going to be some caveats I guess you should say as to why it really looks like that. So let's jump into this one. Uh, no Nas reading this game as he did tweak his foot last game, so that's going to make things a little tough. You don't have a lot of depth as far as big men are concerned. Watching this game, the Wolves came in very invigorated, very energized, and you could see it right off the bat. Unfortunately, you know what else you can see early on is a D'Lo shot miss. Antho seems to still be in kill mode as he himself is up 5-0. Make it 7-0 as there was a really nice play between Cat and Ant for a two-man game. So it's all Wolves and it's all Anthony Edwards early on. Antho takes a heat check and he does miss it. We talk about the D'Lo misses or the D'Lo shots that we want to kind of eliminate. I think just in general, the Wolves need to do a better job of maybe eliminating those heat check shots. I, I just don't know that that's really the right call. And you're not good enough as a team. And none of the players on the team, are, to me, are really that good where it makes sense for a guy to be taking a heat check shot at this point. 10-0 early on. And then not just 10-0, 13-0. And I'm watching this game, and I felt to myself, I don't know if I've ever seen a start this good. That's how impressed I was uh, with the Wolves here. Second D'Lo shot miss early on in the first but the Wolves still score, and they are now up 16-3 to and make that 19-3 to as the Wolves are absolutely unstoppable. A few mistakes on both ends, but overall, to me, this is as close to perfect as the team can play. That's how impressive this was. And keep in mind, you're playing the Spurs. You're playing Greg Popovich. This is not a bad basketball team. They've got some players. They've got one of the best coaches, if not the best coach of all time. These are things that do make a difference. Sadly, though, two fouls in Anthony Edwards, and we make a lineup change, but Anthony Edwards actually ends up staying in, and this is the lineup we go with. Beasley, Towns, Beverly, Jaden, and Edwards. So kind of an interesting group there. Towns drives in, and it almost looked like every single Spur fouled him. No call, but he still makes it, and the Wolves are up 24-7. to J-Mac is coming in, and I think everyone knows how I feel at this point about J-Mac. Does not belong on the basketball court. Has not earned his time. And yet here we are seeing him, second game in a row. Very frustrating. Um, 
an interesting Edwards photo that we talked about. He had all that momentum at the end of last game because of such a great, such a dominant fourth quarter. Like, look at this. The fourth quarter of the game against the Kings, in the fourth quarter alone, 16 points, 6 of 9 from the field. In the first quarter tonight, 10 points already, 4 of 7. So now you're talking 10 of 16 overall for 26 points. Yeah, I'm going to take that every day of the week. That is super impressive from Anthony Edwards. So far, Wolves, eight assists on 10 makes, and that's as good as it gets. If you can keep passing the ball and if you can keep getting that type of you know assist and assist to turnover numbers, you're going to win basketball games, plain and simple. Prince comes in as well, but I think about last game, and overall, he was better. And just like that, he comes in, he hits a corner three. So hopefully, maybe he's turned a corner, and he's going to be that successful, solid role player you thought you were getting when you traded for him. Lead is up to 20 as Towns hits one of the most nonchalant threes you'll ever see. And it is 32 to 32-12 with 2.26 to go in the first. J-Mac, though, already screwing up the leads. Two easy Spurs points. And this group that was in at this, at this point in the game was very sloppy. J-Mac and Beasley doing their part to get the Spurs back in this game. And the lead is only 12 now. And then what else happens? We get the third D-low shot miss. I don't know what it's going to take to get into his head and get him to understand the importance of smart shots, but it just hasn't happened. Prince, though, able to score, and it is 34-20 after one. Defense hasn't been remotely as good as it was in the start. The bench guys, to me, once they started playing, it, things changed. Now the Spurs just all of a sudden cannot miss. And the scrambling, the key to being successful on our zone, we've shown is scrambling, and we're just not seeing that effort and the defense just does not look as good as it was at the start of the game. It is a 10-point game now, but Beasley able to hit the wide-open three to immediately answer. And what happens then? The fourth D'Lo shot miss, because apparently he's going to see how many of those he can have in this game. Malik Threesley, though, is here to stay in this game, at least. Already two makes, and the Wolves are back up to 16. Uh, but the defensive intensity is lacking for the team. What started off as a defense that looked unstoppable, they weren't going to let anyone score. Just didn't see that as much here in the end of the first, uh, beginning of the second. And things get a bit sloppy. Lead is now down to 11 again. I want to give Prince credit here. This is important because to me, again, he looks like a serviceable role, serviceable role player in this game. And even in a majority of his minutes in the game before this against the Kings. Can he keep that up? That's going to be the thing. But in this game, he's hitting shots, he's driving, and he's competing hard on defense. And those are all the things you thought you were getting when you traded for him. A Jaden 3 puts the Wolves back up double digits as the Spurs overall have been much better in this second quarter. And some of that also is just the fact that the Wolves and their defense just didn't seem to have that same energy. The Wolves fouled multiple times on one possession, no calls. Papev is pissed. And we talk about this. There's certain guys on the team that when they get mad, you know there's a problem. I don't get the sense that Papev gets upset on the offensive end. On defense, it's different. I do think he really takes things personal when it comes to defense. And so you do see him complain there more. Uh, and unfortunately, though, no foul call means more points for more points, not for the Wolves, unfortunately as we were able to see in this one with the Spurs. And it is a seven-point game, and then not just a seven, down to a five-point game, and it was almost like a complete collapse from the Wolves and the Spurs on an 11-3 to run. Again, only down five. And as we all predict, you know what ends that run? A Torian Prince three. And, and I, I'm going to say this. I am, I am making this his nickname for me, and that is 
uh, Prince of Thieves. I think Prince of Thieves. It's a uh, for anyone that doesn't realize this, it's a Robin Hood reference, and I did make a graphic for this, and uh, it came, it went out with this episode. Uh, it's going, I should say, it's going out uh, with this episode in podcast form, and so definitely look for that on Twitter. I, I think it's pretty creative, and I'm actually going to send it to Dave Benz and Jim Pete. In the past, I've actually had pretty good luck at uh, getting them to talk up some stats. I've I've been able to send in when it comes to uh, player defense. Uh, things of that nature. So we'll see. I'm going to send that out there. We'll see if we can get a shout-out. We'll see if we can get this nickname going. But if, if Prince plays this well and is able to keep hitting shots from outside, I think Prince of Threes is a pretty a pretty fantastic nickname, if I ask, if, if you do ask me. <laughs> so he's able to end that run. Antho uh, gets foul number three, clearly a flop, which is so frustrating. And the refs have kind of started to take over this game a little bit and help the Spurs. Uh, Ant does end up getting pulled, and no Ant in so much of this game, really, really hurt the Wolves. He went off to that fast start, and then when that foul trouble hit, the Wolves didn't have it. Anthony Edwards didn't have it. It was just really uh, really frustrating, really unfortunate. And right now, I'm watching this game saying, very little to like, and then Bev follows a three-point shooter, and the lead is now down to six. Vando, though, frustrating play, takes an obvious charge, and well, take a guess. Guess what it was? They call it a block. And Jim Pete even says... It looked to me like he was there for a really long time. They go to the replay, and he was. He was there for a really long time. No idea why they, they called it a block. Very frustrating. I feel like I say frustrating a lot when I'm recording these shows, and I don't mean to, but that's kind of what it's like to be a Wolves fan. Lots of frustration, uh, game in and game out. Towns, though, was able to hit a three from, as Dave Ben says, Mankato, and it was badly needed, but it is now a seven-point game with two to go in the first. Uh, D'Lo with the wide open miss, but Vando, and actually, let's go with another nickname I'm trying to, uh, we'll copy right here, but uh, Vandman, kind of like Batman, right? I mean, he's got a cape. Uh, actually, after I came up with this idea, I was reading some posts, and someone else talked about on Twitter the idea of uh, Vanderbilt wearing a cape in games, because think about this. He's been a superhero time and time again. He saves the day. He's able to get this rebound to Threesley, and Threesley makes it, of course. Wolves up 10 and how about this 19 assists on 21 makes? That's efficiency right there. Only six turnovers. And then if you look at the game um, last night, the game before that, so the game against the Kings, so, so 19 assists on 21 makes in the first half here. In that game, five assists and eight turnovers. What a what a difference a day makes, I guess. That's the way to look at it. Towns, though, is able to score to end the half. And I think even I, I'm sitting at home, and I think I heard the foul. That's how loud it was. No foul, but still, Wolves are up 13, and uh, that's despite those terrible refs. That's despite Anthony Edwards missing a large portion of that first half. So we'll take it. Very impressive. Absolutely impressive first half for the Wolves. You love to see it. I, I don't think you can expect it every game or anything like that, but you love to see it. Taking a look at the stats made easy, 51% for effective field goal percentage for the Spurs, just under 68% for the Wolves. So impressive. Points off turnovers. Wolves actually losing that battle. A little surprising there. 10 for the Spurs, 6 for the Wolves. Second chance points, 8 for the Wolves. Spurs, 9. And then uh, free throws almost identical as well. 9 of 13 for the Spurs, 9 of 12 for the Wolves. So effective field goal percentage was definitely one of the big differences makers. Not necessarily uh, in the game, but but uh, at this stage, you really saw a, a really, really big difference. Jump in that second half, and fifth D'Lo shot miss already, and that is six total 
Uh, so six total is what he had last game. He's definitely on pace to outbreak that. And then after that, he just makes a really dumb play. Leaves his feet with no plan, ends up just throwing the ball away. I don't need Alexi Shved. I don't need you know the, the historical Wolves players that apparently Delo's channeling at points in this game. Just don't do it. Uh, Pat Bev, though, answers the call, and he himself scores five in a row. We've had a number of uh, instances in this game where one single player really seemed to take over the game and give us a nice run. And if you can continue to have that, that's going to make a big difference, obviously. Uh, D'Lo, unfortunately, was not one of those players. So in the third here, we're talking he's 2 of 11 overall in the game, and he misses another wide-open three. And I, I thought this at the time. I'm shocked. At a certain point, why do teams cover him? Leave him wide open. If he, if make him, make him beat you. Because to me, if you're an opposing team and you watch this and you say, "All right, DeAndre Russell's not beating anybody on his own," right? Somebody needs to just say, "You know what? We're gonna make you beat us. We're gonna, we're gonna say to be, we're gonna say to DeAndre Russell, sounds good, man. We're gonna leave you open. Let's see what you can do. Because as of this stage in in the season, we just have not seen it. Unfortunately, in the third. You saw that Edwards just can't get back his groove as the sitting and the foul trouble really seem to hurt. He has not been able to get that rhythm back. Russell, though, gets fouled and hits the three, a four-point play. I, I find it fascinating. How does he make plays like this, but he can't make wide-open threes? I, to say Delo's a conundrum is an understatement. Wolves, though, in the second half have started to mix zone and man. Jim Pete points this out. I think it can be effective, and I definitely think it can keep uh, the opposing team on their toes. Antho gets his fourth foul with six minutes to go. Foul trouble and the Wolves have been a consistent issue. Thankfully, they have not been an issue for Anthony Edwards, but in this game, they definitely were. Aggressive Jaden shows up multiple times a game over the last stretch of games. Love to see that. And it almost feels like it rarely doesn't work. Usually when he's aggressive, drives to the hoop, things like that, he gets success. And he's able to score in transition in this one. Wolves are up 14 with 440 to go in the third. And then you have a 5-0 run by Devin Vassell, who anyone that follows me or, or followed my draft coverage, I am a big Devin Vassell fan. That guy is impressive, and I think he's going to be very, very good. I'm going to talk about it again, though. The Prince of Threes, Torian Prince. Going into this game, he had five threes all season, and he had three in this game alone. I mean, you love to see that. And how about this? 17 makes for the Wolves, so we're about three-fourths of the way into the third, and we already tied our team season high from three makes, 17. And there's still two minutes to go in that third quarter. I will say this. The D'Lo shots in this game could be higher, but he's gotten fouls. He has been able to get some fouls, but he's also taken some bad shots. A little bit of bailout. Take those away, and, oh, man, this game just gets a little ugly. Unfortunately, that's that's how you feel at certain points. And you know what he's able to do? Another wide-open three miss, and again, Van Man saves the day, and he's able to grab the rebound. What's crazy is the Wolves are able to go on an 11-2 run, and they are all of a sudden up 18 with a minute to go in the third. And it just kind of seemed like it came up suddenly. All, you know, you go from, it seemed like we were, just, we were just up 10, now we're up 18, and that's a game-changer. And I've discussed this on other shows, but for whatever reason, when you're talking points, like, even 12 to 13 makes a big difference, but like 15 to 18, there's certain numbers that to me just feel almost insurmountable at times. I think 18 is one of those. And I think, let's be clear, it's not like coming back from 18 is an easy task, but you're playing the Wolves, right? 
to me, there's just certain numbers when it comes to uh, how much you're down that mentally make a bigger difference. If you watch Delo this season, I think this is interesting, and this is something I thought of during this game. If you started watching the Wolves and you knew nothing about D'Angelo Russell and you just started watching him this season, and if I asked you, can D'Angelo Russell shoot, you would give me a resounding no. You absolutely would say, no, he can't shoot. He's not a good shooter. That's the kind of season that he's had. Prince ends up getting ejected in this game. And I'll say this. I know some people are complaining about this. I have no problem with this ejection. It was, it was obviously not intentional. I get that. But it doesn't matter. Flagrant fouls don't intent makes no difference. And so to me, as I watched this game, I felt to myself, you know what? I think this is a fair ejection. I had no issues with him getting thrown out. And I, I'm more critical of officials than anybody. But I watched this game, and I, I could see where they were coming from. It, it was unintentional, but it was almost like a punch to the face. Uh, everything about it was, it was pretty vicious, and I, I completely get it. I get why he ends up getting thrown out. After three quarters, 93-78 is the score. Towns with already 23 on 8 of 11 with 8 boards and 4 assists. And how about the Wolves? 17 of 36 from 3, 47%. Absolutely fantastic. And when you compare uh, the game against Kings to this game, Towns passing absolutely night and day from last game. Uh, you, you just can't compare the two. He was much more efficient with, his, with the basketball. He didn't take a bunch of chances. That's the kind of Towns we need game in, game out. Fourth quarter, and same old story, Russell with another wide-open miss from three. And I've lost, I remember saying to myself, I've kind of lost count at this point. I don't even know how many shots he's missed that are wide open. Jaden, though, a second-chance dunk. And honestly, you watch this from start to finish, Jaden, definitely one of the best games of, his, of the season. And you know what? He was wearing the headband. I'm just saying, we've seen some guys, whether it's Vanderbilt, whether it's him, some of our players, when they got that headband on, I don't know, it's some sort of magic. Wolves back up 20. And, you know, Edwards hasn't scored since quarter one, but he also hasn't been shooting either. And he sat a lot. So I didn't I didn't feel like this was a game where Edwards played poorly. The foul trouble got caught up to him. He wasn't able to find a rhythm. Happens to the best of us, and you move on. Towns is pissed, by the way. He just cannot believe why he can't buy a foul. And he's laughing and joking with the ref on the other end after that play. And I, I remember thinking, like, maybe can he, like, befriend the refs? Is that what it's going to take? But unfortunately... Nothing matters because immediately on the next possession, foul, no call. But, of course, you go back the other way, and Malik Beasley gets called for just a bad foul call. I just don't know what they were seeing. Goes for a steal. Ball ends up going out of bounds. Both players were going for the ball. I don't understand why both teams aren't entitled to the basketball. I, I don't understand that. Just one of those frustrating fouls. If you're not going to call fouls on Towns, at least don't call fouls on random guys on the Spurs. I, that's just one of those frustrating things. Carl Towns ends up getting fouled yet again in no call as he shoots it in the lane. And I've lost count at this point in the game. It was way too many uh, to count as far as no calls on Towns, where I should say the guy that's guarding him doesn't get called for fouls. And they're obvious fouls. But on the other end, Towns gets an impressive block out of anger. And this was a moment that I thought was so important to this game. Things could have gone very differently, but Finch could clearly see Carl Towns was pissed. He was starting to you know, kind of lose his composure. Finch calls a timeout, and just, I'll tell you right now, as someone that's coached, the art of the timeout is not always easy. It's not always easy to make, to make the right call, when to call a timeout, when to not, when you want to let your team kind of play things out. Just, to me, it's, it's an art, and I think Finch did a fantastic job here. 
Out of the timeout, though, hilarious. Towns gets a call. 6.40 to go. Now you're up 16. Uh, up 16 with 5.34 to go. And I will say this. I love Finch making changes. And the lineup now is Towns, Beverly, Edwards, Jaden, and Vando. You have a lead. You're going to stick with or you're going to go with a lineup that has proven they can play really tough, hard-nosed defense. But then you still have Towns in there. You still have Edwards in there to score. And then, of course, let's not pretend like Beverly can't score or Jaden can't score. But those guys are in there more so primarily for their defense. An impressive uh, looking pass. Towns makes a hook pass cross-court. And uh, unfortunately, Bev missed, but you know what? Van Man was there again. He strikes again, and he hits Beverly back up, and Beverly hits the three, and now it is a 17-point game with four minutes to go. And make that 19 after Towns drives and dunk. And what's impressive is, to me in this game, Ant was okay not getting much up, and he didn't force things. There's so many young players especially that are that get frustrated maybe that they aren't getting the, the ball enough or they aren't getting enough shots, and you see them force things up. Not not Anthony Edwards. Very impressive there. And then uh, it's up to 21 points now after D'Lo and Vando have a nice two-man game. And that was the point where I said to myself, well, that's really all she wrote. That's uh, how the game's really really going really gonna to end for me as I, as I was watching this. As we jump into uh, some of the specifics in terms of points, I there were so many players in this game that absolutely impressed impressed me, whether it was Carl Towns, whether it was... You know, Anthony Edwards, the, just the way he played down the stretch, after losing all that rhythm, he was still able to make a positive impact. And, and I think there's players, especially young ones, that can't always say that's the case. So 115-90 to 90 was the final in this game. Let's take a look at the, the box score here. There's a number of things to touch on. Uh, we talk about uh, the different players that really impressed me. And, man, I'm having so many problems with with the NBA websites here and how they're, they're not showing me the box score when I ask for them, which is a little frustrating. Let's break down uh, you know, how this thing really kind of took off. You have a 14-point lead in the first. You have a 10-point uh, advantage in that fourth quarter. The only quarter the Wolves didn't win was the second quarter, and that one they only lost by a single point. So pretty impressive there and a lot to like. Taking a look at the statistics and who was good for what teams, you know, you got 25 points for Towns. He added 12 rebounds and 5 assists. You also got 22 from Russell, 3 rebounds and 7 assists. But the guys that I want to really touch on that, to me, made the biggest difference were Russ, or sorry, were Beverly, who had 8, 3, and 7, McDaniels, which was 13, 6, and 1, Beasley at 15, 2, and 1, and Prince, 13, and 3. You know, the Prince of Threes really got the job done. So many things to like about this Wolves squad. Over on the Spurs side of the basketball, you know, you're talking no one really jumps off the page. You know, Devin Vassell was solid, but you really held pretty much the whole team in check. Not much to brag about if you're a Spurs fan. Again, your final score here, 115 to 90. And the Wolves are spouting, at least in this season, an impressive two-game win streak. You'll definitely take that. So uh, hopefully the Wolves can continue that success. Uh, coming up, they their next game is against Memphis. And, you know, I'm going to call it here. I think the Wolves win this game. I don't think they win it running away by any stretch of the imagination, but can they get you know an 8-10 to 10 point win? I think they can, and that's what is going to be my prediction there. Uh, for the Iowa Wolves, we, we do have a, a little bit of a waiting period before there is another game there. So uh, next episode, we will just be talking uh, just Timberwolves. But it's, you know, at least we got a, a team that's hopefully trending in the right direction. 
If you missed any of our show here on Dash Radio's Nothing at Channel, remember we are available in podcast form as well. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether that's Podient, whether that's Stitcher, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, you can find us at any of those locations. And until next time, let me get a howl.